0: Hi everyone and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being for busy working moms and women in business and beyond who are seeking to unplug from their worries and overwhelm to light up with insight and joy. I, your host, mum, and effortless lifestyle coach Marina Pearson talk to transformational professionals, business owners and creatives about what it really takes to have a business and life you can truly enjoy. If you enjoyed the show or had any questions, why not connect with me on Instagram at Marina Pearson? Look out for the show's meme, make a comment there, or just click on my story and ask me a question. Alternatively, you can find me on the Joy of Being Facebook group. And if you'd like a more personalized touch to live a stress-free life, then why not find out more about The Joy of Being Retreat, an intimate four-day profound experience at a luxury venue in Javier, Spain, where you get to experience your inner calm and peace of mind by slowing down and making space. To find out more, email me at marina marinapearson.com with The Joy of Being Retreat in the title. So welcome to another incredible episode of The Joy of Being. And on today's show, I have none other than Derry Llewellyn Davies. Now, Derry is always known as the strategy man and living a life of no regrets. And oh boy, does he live a life of no regrets. When he's not looking after his three beautiful daughters in the West Country, he is climbing up mountains like Everest or in London suited and booted talking and consulting to big businesses and what I love about Derry is just that his adventurous spirit and his straight talking so he did a lot of that in this interview Now, if you're finding that you are just on this hamster wheel and working and working and working and working and aren't finding the time to spend that quality time with your family and somehow yearn for it, then this is going to be a great episode for you. That's if you like straight talkers. So if you do and you're up for it, then enjoy. Bye for now. So I'm super excited to have Derry on here today. Derry Llewellyn Davies. I... As I said in the intro, I've known Derry for a really long time. Long time. Really long time. <laughs> and yeah, well, I've seen him do incredible things like climb up mountains, be up a mountain in the Himalayas, the Everest to what was the marathon you did in the in the desert?
1: <laughs> marathon de Sable, That's Right. Or- crazy marathon.
0: Crazy marathon. Yeah, I think I have an adventurous spirit, but Derry definitely does. And today we're going to be talking about tactics over strategy and just the simplicity of life. And like with all of these conversations, we'll just see where the conversation goes. So thanks so much for being here, Derry. It's lovely to have you.
1: Pleasure, pleasure. We've known each other for a very long time. So when you say let's have a conversation, I know it's going to be a good one. <laughs> No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. Come on, bring it up, bring it.
0: (laughs) So, Derry, what is the difference between strategy versus tactics, bearing in mind that the listeners are quite overwhelmed, they're stressed, they're just like, how can I actually have a life that I can experience more joy in?
1: Mm, that's the killer question isn't it and i think if i'm guessing your audience correctly Marina, because i know you quite well is a lot of the people listening to this are already on the path so it's not as if this is kind of new stuff to them people are already probably exploring already already, already already kind of seeking something right whether you how far down the path you are is another matter you might have even had a go at being an entrepreneur and realize it's really quite tough you might have tried for freedom and you realize there's a trap at the end of it so and i think this is the important conversation which is and this is a gen. Life is a great adventure, as I quoted in my first book, right? And I really mean that. It's never done. I think we're always looking, certainly at the moment, I mean, this time in history, we're looking for quick fixes. We're looking for hacks. We're looking for do it quickly, do it by next Tuesday. And that's not life. you know. I think the bestest things in life, certainly from my experience, have been the things that have taken time, taken effort. And when you actually get there, it's worth it. And that's where we've got to put the context of strategy. You know, I'm, my brand is the strategy man in business. But let's talk about strategy in life because strategy is just a word and it's equally applicable to life as it is in business, right? And today we're talking about life more, right? I'm going to try and stay off the business genre. <laughs> it might be a little bit tricky for me but what is strategy strategy is just a plan for a major result that's it right so without in business i'm always looking for the purpose the why what's the major result we're trying to seek in business it's the same in life right so just doing stuff every day not having the big why in place is tactical right so there's plans and there's plans ironically tactics is also called a plan for an end result and what i'm finding as I go around the world, you know all the stages I've spoken to, and all wonderful entrepreneurs and um, fellow seekers that I've spoken to out there. Marina, I know you've seen so many as well. So many people are on this hamster wheel, and they are do- being hugely tactical. Now, it's not that you're not planning, and it's not that you're not doing stuff, and it's not that you're not really busy, right? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of people watching this are already busy to the point of overwhelm. And I think this is a word that has being used a load at the moment, right? But the question is, and I think this is the conversation we're on today, which is, are you busy doing the right things? Or are you just a busy fool? And I mean this back to, what are you busy doing every day? And some people go, but I meditate every day, everything's fine. Well, okay, that's just one element. Just because you meditate every day does not mean you've got the answer, right? Don't get me wrong, I love meditation. We'll come on to that, I'm sure, at some point today, because that does fill me up with joy if I do it in the right way. But then without the big context, without the major result, without the big purpose, which is why are we here, what's your life all about, what are we doing with it, then anything you're doing is somewhat tactical. And that's got a shitload of regret with it. You know, my big message is live a life of no regrets. But I think a lot of people take that the wrong context. Living a life of no regrets is not the easy life. And I don't ever no. say it's not. <laughs> you know, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, live a life of no regrets. I'm like, Are you sure you're ready for that? Because that's tough decisions. That's really stepping up and being uncomfortable. That's facing your fear regularly. A lot of people don't want that. So many people want comfort. They will want happiness. They want comfort. They want joy every single day. And I think it's going to just be there. And it's like, no, this is a journey. And life's full of emotions and thinking and stuff every single day and every single moment. So what's it all about? And unless we get to understand, that. Like, I'm all about adventure, right? That's one element. I've got multiple elements, right? To my life. Marina, you're adventurous. It's not a scale of adventure, right? It's not like, you're so much. No, I'm just a crazy bastard. I just enjoy different things to you. I wouldn't jump out of a helicopter and ski down a mountain. I kill myself because I can't ski. So it's different. It's your calling, my calling. I always say to people when I'm on stage, do not compare yourself with me. Just because I do crazy shit doesn't mean I'm saying do crazy shit. What I'm saying is just find your soul's journey. And it's probably multifaceted and it's probably a whole life's adventure. And it's not just done next Tuesday. So that's a bit of a ramble there. But I think this is the important bit is you've got to get the big stuff. You've got to get the really big rocks in first before you just get squirreling down in the day-to-day noise and the day-to-day busyness of life. And so many people are just missing the big rocks.
0: So what are the big rocks?
1: That's the discovery, isn't it, for you and for me and for everybody watching this. So I've been working off my life methodology, which is dynamic Design, um, for a number of years now, right? And I think there's about four or five core for everybody, right? Uh, however, I also believe the last few are really quite personal. And that's, part, that's what you've got to find. I think so many people are saying, preaching to you and you know, the wheel of life and stuff, and they go, going, these are the six areas of life. Well, I don't want two of those. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to create my own, thanks very much. Who says, and it's because someone by the way, those people are preaching this. There's no disrespect to those people. For them, that's probably absolutely right. And therefore, they've kind of taken up their cookie cutter and gone, look, works for me. Therefore, it must work for everybody. Not true. Now, the big ones are in place, right? However, I think the magic is in self-expression. So for me, part of the magic is the invention, right? That's my little unique um, thing. My bit, my soul's calling was to crazy shit. Right? Um, I cannot explain that. It would have been so much easier if it was yoga or art or something. Actually, art is also one of mine too. But oh, it's, this?
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yes, I'm a, a big a woodcarver, believe it or not. So I Aww, love woodcarving. I've never
0: seen any of your stuff.
1: Oh well, I will go and get you a love spoon in a minute. Welsh loves. I was. I started <laughs> that. actually, that's an important thing. Actually, I was carving when I was a child. I learned one carving from one of the great wood carvers in Wales. In, in the Welsh, those international people watching this, Wales is its own country. We are not England. In fact, we don't like England. <laughs> the Welsh culture and heritage is very craft orientated, led by the Estelpho. And I was into wood carving very early, and I was taught by one of the great masters, and I loved it as a child. I loved to draw as a child. I loved to. Charcoal drawing and pencil drawing. And of course, what happens when you get into teenagers? Well, I discovered rugby, beer, and women. And then all of the kind of woodworking, everything went out the window. And see, there's a lot of clues right back in our youth. I used to explore when I was a child. I used to be out in the forests and the rivers and just tramping around the place. God bless my mother having to wash all my clothes all the time. But that was part of me. I was always a little adventurer from the age of two. I was wood carving. But then over this journey called life and adulthood, we kind of get slapped out of our our natural dreams we get moved along we get taken down an education system whatever happens to us right there's right clues back there now I am you know you've seen you've been out to my place right we've got, we've got the vegetable garden going now with my beautiful girls so I used to garden when I was a child I used to I'm drawing with my girls I'm drawing you know I was drawing as a child so a lot of our joy you're a little lovely little boy right little Leo it's not hard for him to find joy is it not at all right he's like Eliana, my middle one, at the moment, I just can't stop her bouncing, right? Um, It's hilarious. She's like this all the time. She is so full of joy. Madison May, so full of joy, right? So if it's there as a child, the question is not as an adult of, oh, how do we find joy? The question is, where did it go? That's the question. So a lot of the clues are back there, wood carving, adventure, all there when I was a child. I just decided that when I'm an adult, I'm not supposed to do those things. I'm supposed to be doing strategy instead of important.
0: Yeah, it becomes so serious. Like the minute you become an adult, it's like you have to live this very serious lifestyle because being an adult is is serious business. When you're pissing about or whatever, they just say, like, grow up. And you're like, why?
1: Yeah. That's what I say to that. So, oh, is this on video? I wasn't um, quite sure if it's We're audio. on video
0: right now, but what Derry has just done is given me the finger. Thanks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I say to those people that say joy. And if this is the thing in business. Business is supposed to be so serious. And don't get me wrong. It's a serious business. But if you're not having fun, you're not enjoying yourself. You're not expressing yourself. There's not joy in the middle of it. You're building the wrong business. Get out! <laughs> there is a shitload of regret and misery at the end of it, and I've been there. I've built a load of businesses, screwed a load of them up, and keep on seeing loads There's so many people are building the wrong thing. This is the excuse, right? Let's just all face everyone sitting there going, "Oh, but I don't have the time," right? We all know that's the biggest pile of horseshit, right? Um, but that is, oh no, you don't understand. I'm so busy doing this, or you don't understand. Yeah, and you could die tomorrow, and that's what I mean. This is I live today as if. I'm not here tomorrow. Now I don't get it right every day. Uh, of course not. But every time I'm kind of going off a tangent, I'm going, shit, I've got this precious gift of today. I've got this precious moment. What do I want to be doing? And what am I going to regret? And i tell you what I'd regret. I would regret not being in the garden with my children, showing them. I would regret not doing drawing with my elders. I actually bought a sewing machine now. OMG. Um, just got a yes. sewing machine. It's little Eliana, she's into fashion, right? So she's like, Daddy, I want a sewing machine, I want to be able to make my own dresses. So I aged seven. And you're already
0: thinking, right, we're gonna put a strategy to that. We're gonna put so, the branding on, we're gonna make some money. <laughs>
1: well, I think we can make her into a fashion brand pretty quickly. She's pretty good, I think. No, but she just wanted a sewing machine, right? And nobody anywhere in our vicinity knows how to sew that. So we bought a sewing machine and now we're working out how to use it. I have no idea, right? So I tell you those things are bloody complicated. But we're there. Why? Because it's me and Eleonora doing something together that she wants to do, and that's beautiful. And if I died tomorrow, I'd go, am I happy that I spent that last hour with my little girl teaching, <laughs> trying to work out how to use a bloody sewing machine, or <laughs> would I rather have another hour in the office? We all know the answer, and yet we don't live the answer. And that's just because of piss poor management of priorities. And that's the biggest issue, I think, until we understand they are the rocks, right? Here are the rocks. I must architect my life to the rocks. And if I'm not... Oh, hail rocks. Oh, hail all forms of rocks. And you just choose the rocks. The rocks are pretty obvious, right? Adventure is my little special one. Well, actually, adventure and travel come together for me. I love both and... I'm not always climbing stupid mountains and doing that stuff. I do love seeing the wonders of the world and, and traveling around the world together. I think what I've done, we did a big series on no regrets, and we looked at what the regrets in life were, and travel was definitely one of those. That's a big one for most people, I think. It comes in different guises. Mine happens to have an adventurous slant. Yours has an adventurous slant too, but you also love travel as well, and I know that for you. The main rocks, the relationships, love, comes in different guises. The health, the vitality, energy, whatever you want to call it, that's one of the main rocks. Ironically doesn't have regret associated to it. That's a really weird one with that one. However, it's the one that gives us all the energy. And you know, a lot of people go, oh, I just don't have the energy to do that. Well, go and sort shit out. <laughs> because the I see people drinking alcohol, eating shit and then go, no, I don't have any energy. And I'm like, I, I can't understand why. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. Moron. So it's that, that energy piece. And I call it energy. I, the whole element of my life is for energy, energy, relationships, career. That's career, business. Vocation, whatever that may be to that might be running your own business. Everyone's saying, you know, you must, you know, everyone should be an entrepreneur. Think, no, you shouldn't. If you love your role to play or a career within that, that's equally beautiful. Don't get hung up on the you have to have a business. That's crap. You should be loving what you do and you should be able to express yourself fully in what you do. And that's a huge part of any life. And if you get those right, abundance comes in. Money, sadly, is right in the middle of it. I think it actually becomes free of it once you understand it fully and you understand the energy around money and abundance but it is an element for most people. And if you can get those rocks in place with a spirituality rock, right? Now that's, I'm not going there. You choose what that means to you. If you're religious, brilliant. If you're spiritual, brilliant. If you want to meditate, whatever that means to you, right? I'm not, the only people I don't get is the atheists. If you don't believe in anything at all, good luck with that. Don't know how that goes. <laughs> I just don't understand that one. Um, but then, then you might have an atheist rock. But I don't know how that rock works. But most people have this rock of center. For most people this is mindfulness meditation these days of spirituality. Then if you go, are these the important bits of life really? If you go, that's what's important to me. If I die tomorrow, that's what I'm gonna regret. Then does your day reflect it? You've got to bring it back. The tactics matter, but the tactics with a lack of understanding the important stuff. And here's the killer. We can sit here, Marina, and we can all everyone watching this will go, Yeah, yeah, I know I've got to meditate. Yeah, yeah, I know I've got to eat right. Yeah, yeah, I know I should exercise. Yeah, yeah, I know I should spend more time with my family. Yeah, yeah, I should be more present with my loved ones. We all know this, and yet they're not doing it. So then to know and not to do is not to know, and therefore needs a better practice, I believe.
0: Yeah, and there's something to be said for insight and seeing it when you see it. So what I've noticed in these areas of life is it don't it all didn't happen at once, like... There was suddenly a hit, which was, oh, I need to wake up to the fact that my health ain't so great. I'm getting sick every time my son's ill. I need to probably look at that. Oh, okay, now I've found out I've got loads of parasites. I've got some gunk going on in my gut. I need to probably sort that out. And then there's you know, the whole, maybe it's taken you forever just to realize, actually, the vehicle I'm in isn't the one I want to be driving. But the thing is, is what I've seen is that the more we beat ourselves up about the fact that we didn't realize that forever, it's not very helpful. So I guess you see it when you see it, and insight comes when it's good and ready. And it might have been knocking on your door for a while, like your energy levels are down suddenly, right? There's never a sudden thing because your soul's been talking to you for a while. You just haven't been hearing it. You get really sick you get like a chronic disease or you might get diagnosed with cancer or something of that nature or you go through a divorce or and i'm not saying that any of those are bad i'm just saying that it happens because we're built for change effectively we're, we're programmed for change we are actually evolutionary beings the fact that we can have insights and see something new would suggest the system we've been created to grow and see new things so I guess what I'm pointing to is anyone that might be beating themselves up right now for not eating right, for not having the right relationships, or knowing that they're in is want to be in, but they've not had the courage yet to say we're done here, or that are you know haven't really kind of realised that actually really what lights them up isn't sitting behind a desk, but actually being in the garden and they could create a business from that. But it's okay, right? Well, wow. in that. Don't beat yourself up about the fact that you haven't seen it yet. Maybe you kind no. of know, but you haven't actually taken the action. That's,
1: that's the marina nice way of saying it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Marina strokey approach. Here comes the dairy kicking the ass approach, right? <laughs> um, you know I'm going to do it. You know it. Now, there might you be
0: a different why. audience, there will be people that resonate I with don't me.
1: The, the ass is coming <laughs> either way, right? No, I agree, right? So the whole point is don't dwell on history, right? Gone. So 100% agree with that. So don't see him go, oh, no, I'm eating pies. Or, oh, you know what? No, (laughs) stop that now. It's done, right? Living a life of no regrets does not mean sitting around moping and regretting the past. The past is done. Living a life of no regrets is see it now, right? If you see it clearly now, right? And you've got an opportunity. I I believe in pivots, right? We're pivoting all the time. Change is a constant. Absolutely 100 agree, right? Now, the trick is, bloody decide and do something this time around. So don't sit there and wallow. Don't sit there and self-pity and do not go regret the past. Mm-hmm. I do not regret the past because I did what I did with everything I knew in hand at that time, right? And now hindsight is a perfect science, right? That's a stupid thing to be going, oh, if only I'd have done that back then. Now I know this now. Well, that's just pointless exercise in your head, right? But when you hear this message this time around, hopefully you may have heard a message today already, and you go, yeah, I really should do something about that, well, do something. Because don't sit around and go, ah, now that's got a shitload of regret coming. If you weren't aware before and you didn't do anything about it, then there's nothing to regret. But being fully aware and still not making the choice, there's a shitload of regret coming later. So the trick is, is choose now, right? So don't fluff. Don't beat yourself up, absolutely. But don't fluff it either. Make the bloody decision and move forward. And yeah, is there courage involved in that? Absolutely. Is there fear involved in that? Absolutely. And that's the life that's worth living for me. I'll get off my little rant now.
0: No, no, it's why I brought you on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you think I was going to be all like soft and strokey? You? you know that's not going to happen.
0: Before. Well, you have a masculine energy, so I thought I'd balance it out with a little bit of feminine nurture.
1: I'm going to get my pink. I've got three girls in this house. So got this that is everywhere. true. I can get, I can get them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear what you say, and on some level, we all know that we need to make those changes.
1: So, just make a change, right? Not changes, and I think this is really super important. I think it's a lot of people coming into this world, and certainly for the first time, when you start to discover personal development, spiritual evolution, whatever it may be, whatever path you're on, you kind of suddenly, kind of you see it all, right? And you're like, Shh, "I got ch- to do that. I got to change relationship, my job." I'm changing the lot, right? Just one at a time, you will freak yourself out and you break yourself down if you try and do it all. Just got to move and ebb and flow. And this is the beautiful thing. There's always a rock off and you just gently ebb and flow amongst them and go, i got to change that now. Just focus on that. Get that done. Now you move over to the next rock and do that. And you always, it's the balance of the rocks over time. Um, this is what, um, you pretty see in the background, that Diamond Life Design is the framework I use for this, right? And it's this constant ebb and flow. All eight areas of life for me are constantly emerging and constantly ebbing. The trick is, is what am I going to focus on this week, this month, this quarter? And I can't focus on all eight all the time. It's just what's the most prioritized now? What's most important to me now? And then just going to work and focusing because this is a big, another big issue out there at the moment is distraction. Back to tactics. People are just busy fools, rustling around, doing loads of stuff. And actually, they're missing the important or maybe you're not. Maybe you're good with that. But if then you're feeling frustrated, or you're feeling overwhelmed, there's something wrong, right? So it's getting that, what is important? What is that back to today? What's the important thing? This week, this month, what's the rocks I'm focusing on? Because if you try to focus on all eight, all at the same time, you'll get even, that's the irony, right? you try trying to fix all areas of life, you'll get even more overwhelmed. And that's not the answer.
0: What I love about this is that there's like a, an orientation. So, it's never a time issue. As you rightly said, it's a priority issue. And I think that most of us, or most of necessarily the women I work with, they come to me and they say they have no time, but actually it's, they just don't know what to prioritize because they're not clear on what's important to them. So I think the starting point is really getting clarity on what's important to you to then spend more time in that area of your life. And Going back to what you were saying about change and courage, I'm really curious about courage actually. And what you've learned about courage when you've been in the midst of this, like, holy shit, what have I got myself into? Like, what have you learned about courage in those moments? About the human courage, spirit, let's
1: say. Look, courage and the human spirit, from what I've experienced personally, also the wonderful people I've seen along the way, right? From doing the Iron Man with the Team True Spirits, you know, a guy who had no legs doing that with us to the guy with cerebral palsy who climbed Mount Elbrus, the blind lady who did the Desert Marathon to I've seen unbelievable, heart-wrenching moments of courage from way the, the stuff I've done. Yes, I have to discover my own courage, but compared to what I've seen out there, my courage is, it's like, it becomes easy, right? When you see such incredible courage, it's easy. It's to go, well, of course my problem, right? But what is courage? Well, courage isn't hard, <laughs> A lot of people think, oh, struggle. Now, i tell you something. If you're scared of, like, spiders, snakes, bears, what are you scared of, Marina? Or oh, none of those? Just give me an animal. Oh, you I not really like. So imagine there's a room full of cockroaches. Oh, and cockroaches, no. Right? And I'm saying, Marina, cross that room, right? You need courage. And, in fact, they're gonna, you're going to have to go on your hands and knees and they're going to start crawling all over you, right? You're oh. like, no ways, right? <laughs> now, I put Leo on the other side of that room and he's in danger, you'd be across that room in a heartbeat. You wouldn't even think, would you? No. That's courage. Courage is easy when the why is big enough. It's always back to the why. It always is. Same in business, right? Why have I been courageous in business? Certainly with b- building BGI, my current company, Business Growth International, which you know very well, that's been the hardest business of all to build, right? It's been brutal at times, building that. Massive cash shortages because we're trying to recreate an industry within an industry. What took me through all those dark times? Because I knew that we're making a game-changing impact to entrepreneurs, and we're really changing business owners' lives. That's what got me through. So when it came tough, it's like, ah, oh, if you're just in business to make money, whatever, and it gets tough, yeah, you'll quit. There's no courage needed then. But I tell you, when you're in it and you know in your heart that this is what you should be doing, you know to not do so, you're prepared to die for it. On the mountains, in Everest, you know, we are prepared to die for it. We don't want to. Don't get me wrong. I'm not into death. I'm here till 103, I reckon, right? But... Um, Really? I'm not going there, but <laughs> in the stuff that I do, we are putting our lives on the line. And that's the difference. When you're prepared to do that, when your why is big enough, courage just there, you'll just get through stuff. You just will. If you're just like, yeah, I just fancy again, a little bit healthier, you know, good luck with that. Oh, yeah, I think I popped, up. I think I need to go to the gym again. You'll sign up for the gym membership and you'll be one of those statistics that's paying your gym membership, not going. That's horseshit. Now, when you say, when you lose, a family member to cancer like my father when my father died and you know my father's story when you lose a family member to cancer and you sit there and you go fuck that i am not going out like that that's when people sort their shit out that's when people will change their health sadly i don't know why people sometimes have to face the shit storm in order to make the decision i choose on this call i literally honor people listening to this go i would say just choose Before the shitstorm, right? Just choose. Now, you can choose. Any moment we can choose. But we have to see it sometimes. We have to lose someone. We have to, sadly, why do people have to actually be diagnosed themselves before they actually make any change in their own health? It's just a choice. We could have made that choice at any time. So where does courage come from, Marina? Courage comes from a big enough why. Courage is just there. You see people acts of courage. They've just done it in the moment. They've just done shit, right? Because they were in the moment and they just stepped up. And so I don't encourage this magical fairy dust that everyone thinks it is. You get your why right. You be driven and know this is what I stand for in life, and this is what I'm going to do whilst I'm here. And also, when you have children, you know, why is health and fitness and energy and all this stuff? Because my children are watching me. That's my why. I am legacy for them. I am showing them what's possible. They are looking at daddy every single day. They don't listen to me after time. (laughs) <laughs> right, so they, they're watching what I do, they are watching what I do. So I am here showing my children what is possible and here to live life fully whilst I'm here. So, um, now again, I reiterate is this the easy life? No, but I tell you what, it's a lot better than getting to your last days and looking yourself in the eye, and go, I regret so much, which is how my father went out, and I'm not going out like that. So, courage, I believe, courage comes. You've been courageous many times in already. And Leveron's call has been courageous. You've all stepped up at some point. You've all done something. And it was just, if you look at those moments when you were courageous, there was a reason why. There's a reason why behind
0: it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's always easier to, to look back and join the dots and go, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I understand, right? As opposed to when you're in it, in the shit storm. Like you have been many moments on... <laughs> mountains where you can't see anything and you're like i don't know where i'm going or and there's no clarity and my god yeah like i'm fighting for my life here or at least that's the experience you're in i'm curious about something i'm curious about whether you always saw it like this whether you've always seen it like this was it a moment or was it actually has it been over a period of time
1: no Clearly not. I'm a Welsh boy that came out of very rural, darkest, westest Wales. So until I left that point, I was just a rugby player. I liked rugby and women. And that was about my end of spiritual evolution for me, right? And then the next years for me... I was in university being a bouncer.
0: You were a bouncer? I, was <laughs> I didn't know that. I was,
1: I was three stone heavier than I am now. I used to play rugby and I was used to work on the doors. I had to work my way through university, so I worked on the doors, which was very good for getting girls as well. So it kind of served both it locations. <laughs> so no, absolutely. Did I think like this? No, nope. I was an atheist back in then. I stopped believing in everything because I'd just had some dark experiences of religion at the time. Through don't get me started on that, but it was like I saw people who were bad people who were religious and they go, Well, if that's religion, I don't want to be part of it. Now, obviously, there's beautiful people with religion as well, but just because you're religious doesn't mean you're good, right? So I went on this pathway and then from there the last twenty years then have been an evolution. Was it a black blast, you know, flash of inspiration, blinding light? No. I had several of those along the way though, but you know, each one kind of step changed me. My soul's evolved several times along the way without getting too woo woo and using weird words. But it's been an evolution and it continues to be. Continue to be until the day I die. This is the point of life. Life is growth, life is evolution, life is changing constantly. And it's beautiful when you start really exploring it. And now again, on a whole new path at the moment, exploring a whole new parts around, well, I love the Michael Singer work at the moment, surrender experiment. As you know, I think we've had that conversation around surrender. I love Michael Singer's work and that's a lifetime's work. You know, that is not, you do not read one of his books and go, that's done. <laughs> There's my action. Let's dip. No, that's a life's work with Michael Singer. And he's talking about every single moment of every single day being a life's work. And he's right. So it's an evolution. And I think people are the personal development industry is.
0: Go on, um, say it. I know that there's a rank coming on. And yeah, I'll just sit here and listen. <laughs> here we go. Look, Get some, be- ready. There's
1: beautiful things in the personal development industry, but no,
0: so, don't be so, polite so, about it. Just go and say what you're know.
1: going to say. <laughs> a lot of it's full of shit, right? And it's sadly, I think a lot of people have taken the good teachings, right? A lot of the best teachings are the historic teachings, right? You can go back to some of the masters who really evolved this stuff. And by the way, the masters have been around for several thousand years. Just read the texts of Buddha, for Christ's sake, right? So the, the masters were the masters over time. And there's been a number of masters over time, right? And now today, I think it's all being bastardized. and marketed and hyped so it's all about the marketing and the selling and come along to this weekend and your life will be changed forever kind of stuff and it's like oh man it's just it's selling quick fixes and it's selling this kind of hypey rant. and sadly the best marketing will win you know we've been part of the association of transformation leaders and the subsequent sister things ever since right i've been blessed know some amazing beautiful spiritual people a lot of those are not known now some, most of the best, they're not great marketeers, they're not great business people, so they're not known. So yeah, I just think this is the problem, is that people are expecting quick wins. They want fast fixes. They want it all done. They've been sold you know a blinding flash of light and it all happens. Because I don't think people really want to know the truth. The truth is it's evolution. The truth is it's life. This is a commitment till the day you die. And that's a beautiful thing. And it shouldn't be like, I want to get it all fixed by next Tuesday and it's done. What would do you do then? It's the same in business. A lot of businesses I work, we work in exit plans, right? And people think, as long as I'm financially free, I'll be sorted. No, you won't. You'll be empty. And then as soon as I've sold my business and I've got a gazillion in the bank, everything will be okay. No big hole in your soul. No purpose left. So, <laughs> this is, well, and I mean it. You know, I've done this a lot, Marina. And this is the thing. People assume one day when I've done this, then everything I mean, will be okay. Yeah. No. If you didn't do the spiritual work along the way, you didn't do the evolution along the way, you haven't evolved your soul, you haven't evolved your emotions, you haven't evolved your mind, and now you've got money sitting in the bank account, trust me, that ain't going to fill up your soul. And a lot of people think that's true, and that's why they keep chasing more and more and more. And it's not about more and more and more. It's about what's important. And I can, I know for me, um, what's important to me doesn't cost money. Um, most okay, my adventures are a little bit expensive, but it's that time with my and your children. Options.
0: They cost money.
1: <laughs> well, they're actually pretty cheap, apart from a sewing machine here or there. They're not bad. They love going out and just going down by the lake. You know, you you were down the lake with little Leo, right? They just want to come home from school. We go down the lake. We go for walks in the woods. We go exploring. We go into the vegetable patch. We draw. That's what's, you know... Now, meditation super important to me. Connection, get, making sure I get connected every day. Eating wholesome foods. A lot of people go, oh, but it's really expensive. Not really good food. You cut all the shit out. It doesn't actually cost you that much more. You should see how much your shit's costing you, right? So there's this myth around it being expensive. It's really good. You know, I eat grass-fed, organic, just good stuff. You know, a lot of it coming from my garden, right? It's not expensive, but it's a lifestyle choice. So I just feel... It's sad, I think, the perpetuation at the moment of get quick, you know, hack, hack this, hack life, um, get rich quick, all that kind of stuff is actually distracting people from what's important.
0: That's a really good point. And I've never seen it like that before, because I'm all about slowing down and taking time. And I've I've got a giraffe here as a reminder. I went on safari last year and just observing the animals, right? And the thing that the giraffe does, it just chews a lot. And it keeps chewing and it chews and it keeps chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing. And, and you're like, well, when are you going to stop chewing And actually like get it down into your belly. Right. You're sitting there going, right. I'm really getting super impatient about this. <laughs> it's bloody <laughs> like, swallow. Well, the giraffe's still chewing. I'm like, Oh, but the point was this, you're chewing as opposed to digesting it, just wolfing everything down. And there's something to be said for Winnie the Pooh. And, his way of life, right? I remember back when I was having a bit of a black moment in my life in my 20s, I was recommended a book called The Tay of Piglet and The Tay of Pooh. I don't know if you've ever read it.
1: It's wonderful.
0: And it's all on Taoism and basically identifies different identities, you know, personalities, basically. So Pooh is the one who's like
1: in the moment. Which character am I?
0: Oh, you're Tigger.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's not hard, is it? You're like Piglet, I think.
0: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was going through an Eeyore phase. Everything was black and dark and so forth. But there was something in that book. And I was like, oh, there's something to be said for just slowing down, smelling the roses, not just ticking everything off your to-do list because you've mm-hmm. told yourself you, can, you have to. But actually, there's real juice in the space and in that slowing down versus this instant gratification that it looks like we're in currently because you can download everything like in one second at the touch of a button. And you can get you anything
1: you want. And you see, this is it. It's a distraction. All of that stuff's a distraction. Yes, you can do anything in an instant without distracting. And it's just distracting us back away from a core. And it's just it's literally squirrels. Entrepreneurs are the worst right now. It's like Trick, another squirrel. So busy chasing squirrels everywhere that they've forgotten it to the, what the core is. It's the important slowing down bit. But no one actually, you talk about Winnie the Pooh. Have you watched the movie that's out, Goodbye Christopher Robbing?
0: No, I haven't actually. That's um, going
1: to upset you, by the way. And I thanks. think, but if you want to, this what a podcast is. podcast exactly...
0: talking about joy.
1: So, well, Winnie the Pooh is a beautiful example of that. And yet, Goodbye Christopher Robbing is exactly the antithesis of what we're talking about. Because what happened was the story of A. a. Milne was A.A. A. A. Milne created that moment of that book in a beautiful few summers with his son right? And then he was stupid busy before and ignored his son before. And then because of the success, success of Winnie the Pooh, he got stupid busy and lost it again. And it actually broke his son's heart. And the whole, his son has nothing to do with the books. It's an incredibly, wow. that you, exactly what you're talking about is this beautiful book, this beautiful thing called Winnie the Pooh was created in one summer, right? Or created over, I think it might've been over a year or two, when the father actually got connected with the son. And that was what that joy came out of that moment. And then the father lost it all. And then I think his dad must have died with a shitload of regret. I would, if I'd have seen that, if I'd have played that one yeah. out. Then it wrecked everything. It actually wrecked. And this is the thing: we're all seeking this freedom thing, and a lot of entrepreneurs will fall into this trap. Is you seek the freedom thing, you almost get to the Christopher Robin moment, and it's all like, "Oh, I'm happy," and then you'll fucking destroy it. You'll wreck the very thing you've done because you get sucked in, or you get trapped, or you try to chase the money, you just. The thing you try to create for freedom, which is usually a business vehicle or a career vehicle is the very thing that will trap you and destroy your soul, unless you protect it. This is why you have to be clear on the rocks, thus you have to protect those rocks always. And, you know, do they fall out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I lost my meditation practice recently over the last few months. It's the, It's one of the first things to go for me when I get busy, and I've just brought it back again. So I'm like, oh, God, I haven't. I've been doing my yoga, and I've been doing all my stuff, and I've been out in nature. I'm like, oh, do you know what? I've, I've dropped my meditation practice. I must bring that back. But it's not like, oh, no, I bring it back. Because if I'm constantly aware of all the important rocks, then I'm going to bring them back. Don't go, I'm not going to get guilty. No, I've had an amazing few months. We've done amazing things. I'm feeling quite balanced. But it's like, no, no, I must bring that practice back.
0: When you were speaking to me about Emil, what came to mind was this story that I heard from one of my mentors about a client he had. And he was sharing how his son had attention deficit disorder. And how he could never sit still and how he was having a really hard time with him because he would like, you know, just not be there, basically. And he was having a really hard time at school and so forth and so on. And then one day when he was having a coaching session, he suddenly had this huge epiphany that attention deficit disorder wasn't actually anything to do with the son. It had to do with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because all the son was attempting to do was to get him to notice that he yeah. needed home with him. So he would act up, play out. And so we often think the attention deficit disorder has something to do with a child. But what I really heard in that story was actually the attention deficit disorder had more to do with the parents. So what happened was, is he suddenly had the realization that he wasn't being present with this kid when the kid got home or whatever. And he was crying out for his attention. So what happened? Well, He decided that he would come home and start spending time with his son. So they got a hammock out and his son loved the stars. So they would sit in the hammock and and look at the stars together. Guess what? The behavior completely shifted. So to me, like this idea that we have to give children, kids, put them on Ritalin. No, it starts with what are they attempting to share that they don't have the capacity to yet because they're still little that we need to wake up to.
1: Yeah, look, I'm not gonna talk to medical disorders and all because I don't know enough, right? So I'm not gonna make any comment on that, but I will comment on my children. I will comment what I've seen. And also back to regrets for me. And one of the biggest regrets I did this study across the world on regrets, top regrets in life, right? We pulled about twenty different studies to understand what were the common regrets. It went through a span of people who were dying, old people that were on their deathbeds or long-term homes, people who had seen second life. So it came from a really quite a wide array. But the number one regret was always love. Always was, throughout all studies. The next five varied in their ranking, but love was always number one, right? Now, love came in a different number of contexts, but it was always not showing those who you love the most, not spending time with those you love the most, not asking for love, actually. It came Romantic love came in a slot as well. It was staying with someone you shouldn't have been with when you shouldn't have, and others were not asking the one you wanted to be with, right? So it came in lots of different contexts, but it was always around time with loved ones. So we all know it, right? Look like at kids, and I look at my kids. The only thing they want is my time. Mm -hmm. not just just time right we can be there we can be in the same building as children. they want my full presence Mm -hmm. now i've got three daughters as well and so i give them time but i have special time so i carve out time with each of them individually so they get full presence individually and doing what they wish to do in that time not what i wish to do in that time it's their choice. That's why I'm learning how to use a bloody sewing machine right now. Right? Ooh, so be careful with this one. This can go bad. Um, but I, um, I've also been into schools. You know, I speak in schools quite a bit. I don't literally do it on a kind of invitation basis to people I know. Um, but I've spent a lot of time in the schools teaching anything's possible through the adventures and just being this inspirational keynote in, in the children's schools, and equally showing you that you should be living your life's purpose. Because again, life. Um, regret, I think it was regret number three, was not living a life true to yourself. It was living a life for other people. Now, that came interestingly. A lot of it was people were living lives that their parents wanted them to live,
0: right. not
1: the life true to themselves. And others were coming from, they were living the life that their spouse wanted them to live. And they were supporting the husband or supporting their wife in the life that they wanted to live, not actually living true to themselves. And I kind of got this across in the schools in a different context. And I had a little boy come up to me. Uh, I had so many letters come back from school saying thank you so much. And they were doing amazing stuff, these kids. And so these kids were like from seven to 10. And then we had the teenagers ones just suddenly turning around and just doing stuff. And one little boy, this was the one that kicked me the most, was he came back and said, thank you so much. He gave me the courage to tell my dad I didn't want to play football. Wow. And now daddy and I go into the woods and build just like I wanted to do.
0: Oh my God. Oh, so,
1: wow. And I'm like, we had so many of these different stories it kind of took me a little bit off balance because I hadn't realized I just went in to what I do for, for adults in a different way and I was just like oh shit if we can get this in early like the earlier the better because those children my kids are here to each of my three you've met them encouraged encourage them to find their own brilliance whatever that may be and nothing to do with me a lot of people go oh weren't these children that to climb mountains like, I don't care if they never climb a mountain that's not the point uh, the point is they're showing you see my daughters they'll go They don't use the word can't and they think anything's possible, right? So whatever that may be to them, but it's their life. And when I'm spending the time with them, it's their time. And if that means I'm having to learn how to work a sewing machine, (laughs) then it's I'm learning how to move because I'm just there with her, fully present, learning how to learn a sewing machine. And that's it. And I think, you know, you're so right, Marina. I think this is as parents. I only learnt this because my parents' misgivings along the way. Right, is that that's all I wanted was time? Isn't that the same for all of us? Didn't you just want your parents' presence? Didn't you just want your parents' support? And that's all we can be. It's parents. That's our primary role. And some people might not like that message, and I'm cool. You can your a parent whichever way you want. I'm not. Um, I'm just talking about me. And all I know is that my daughters want my full presence, and my job is much special time for them as possible we do it most evenings you know we carve out time for them and they just spread so they go to bed at different times so i use that time that kind of 30 40 minutes before bed is each of them have their special time the yeah, heroine at the moment she just wants to watch friends and um, we're watching friends, it's, hey, friends it's so good it's like 30 <laughs> years on or whatever it is it's still so good uh, <laughs> and she just wants to watch television for the last 20 minutes before bed that's cool we'll snuggle up and we'll just watch a bit of telly together if that's what you want that's fine
0: yeah, because presence doesn't mean there. It well, just means we,
1: being with them. The younger two actually want, you know, full presence. So I'm really there with them. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's just um, we're doing um, we do yoga together. We've got the yoga studio now. We converted this conservatory into cool. a yoga room now. And I just, because I'm doing my power yoga, the strength yoga that I do. So I'm there and I went, you can join me if you want girls. They will love it. They've all got their own mats now. And they're in there just doing yoga with me. It's hilarious because Maddie doesn't know what's going on. She's rolling around the mat like a man like <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, but it's brilliant she's there she's having fun and we're all there as a family together so you know times when i get my training in when i'm with the kids you know i've done that for years i had a mountain buggy when from the moment they were born so I, i'm on my pack they're on my shoulders we've got walking together uh, and this is it it's just being there and look at all this time we just spent about the time with kids right and this is it isn't it you know, am I going to be at the end of life and be thinking about, all? Well, I can promise you, I've looked death in the eye a good few times, three times pretty seriously. Can and, you
0: tell us a little bit about that? Because I think seeing as this is a kick up the ass for making those decisions that we know we need to, I think it just kind of brings us back into what this is all about and why it's so important. So could you tell us a little bit about one of those moments?
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to go, if we're going to close this off with something to really kind of, hopefully, if you haven't decided you're going to make a shift now, then maybe you want to, is <laughs> Denali. Denali was the most brutal time for me. So Denali's the highest mountain in North America. It's in the depths of Alaska on the Arctic Circle. So, you know, when we were experiencing temperatures down to minus 50, right, it makes the Himalaya feel tropical. It really does. It's a brutal mountain. It was 2008. We were summiting. We were on summit day. And the summit ascent just went really, really badly wrong. It was a beautiful day as we started off and the weather started to deteriorate. And it literally... Denali's got its own weather system because it's literally the... You get the winds coming across Russia and it just hits the Denali Pass and you don't get any warning. It just happens fast. And literally... Within seconds, the place started to freeze, and the temperatures dropped. The winds came in, and that was it. We were done. whited out. My whole goggles, like ski goggles, you get where I had these high super tech ski goggles, totally frozen. The whole mask had frozen. Um, So I snow-blinded, and it was just, the next hours were just life or death, literally. And thankfully, we got back. It's one of the most broken I've been, physically, mentally, and emotionally at that point in my life. But it also coincided at the same time with 2008, You might remember that time for those who were in business. It was the economic collapse. Mm -hmm. I was actually taking legal calls at the top of that mountain as well. And a lot of my self-worth was built up in wealth. So I built up a multi-million pound portfolio and property and several businesses and everything else. And suddenly, it was facing collapse. And at that point, the banks hadn't collapsed. They were about to collapse literally, I think, weeks, if not a couple of months later. We knew that all the credit lines were called in. All the debt was called in. I was taking legal calls, you know, five and a half thousand meters. And I knew the day before I was pretty sure I was walking back home to bankruptcy. Now, I then cracked on on Summit. And then that happened. Oh, the irony of the timing from the universe, eh? Because as you've noticed, yeah, if you'll you get warnings along the way. But if you don't adhere to the warnings, the warnings get bigger. I've just, boy, the universe slapped me a few times and sent me out into the depths of... I've I've had to climb some of the highest mountains in the world to get my lessons. And I mean that, truly. And at that point, I had all my self-worth wrapped up in money and business, and that was suddenly gone. I had a big argument with my then-wife um, before I even left. That was gone. In that, I was pretty sure that relationship was on shaky ground at the time as well. And everything I knew and everything I valued and everything my worth was in was pretty much gone. It's funny, all those people that are so close to you, and suddenly when you're bankrupt, they're not anymore. You really find out who your friendships are as well. And then the one thing I did have was my adventures. The one thing that no one could take away from me was my summits and my achievements. And then I just failed epically on the summit bid as well. And I was broken from that. So there was nothing left. I was literally on my knees. And that's when I stood over the edge of Denali and looked down and nearly stepped off. Because when you were there and literally looked death in the eye that morning, I was done. There was nothing left um, for me. You know, my whole self-worth was destroyed. And I remember looking down to take that one step. It would have been an easy step because it would have been over pretty quickly, And I was worth more dead than alive because I had big life insurance policies on me at the time. So for me, it was, you know, I make that step. Everything's done. Insurance comes in. My wife's sorted. My family's sorted. Business is done. And no one will know because I was just in one of the most brutal storms in Denali. And it would have just disappeared. And the only thing, the only thing that brought me back at that moment was the look of my daughter's eyes because my little Arwen was about 18 months at the time, my eldest now. And that's the only thing I saw in that darkest of darkest time was the light of my daughter's eyes. And that's the only thing that brought me back. So I can promise you, when you look in the deepest, darkest points of despair, when you are there and you're looking at nothing else, the love of your child, the love of the loved ones around you, that is the only thing that can do, is the light that brings you back. And it brought me back. And I say this to my daughter now. She knows how special she is and she knows she saved daddy's life. Because she did. That's it. Was I thinking about business? No, business really fucked me up. My self-attachment and attachment to the wealth and what I thought wealthy was and what I thought know money meant to me and the businesses and everything else, that was all horseshit. And that's when no regrets started to begin. I came home. I walked into bankruptcy and I walked into bankruptcy with a smile on my face because that was the first lesson I had on what life really was about. And a mentor told me many years ago, he said, wealth is what you have when all your money is taken away. And I didn't believe him at the time. I thought he was talking shit. But he wasn't. And I had to experience it to have all my money taken away, to realize the true wealth of what I had was the love of my daughter at the time, the love of those around me, my education, my experience, my body, my energy. That's my wealth. No one can take that away from me. And they take my money away, but they can never take away my heart. They can never take away my soul. They can never take the depths of my connections away from me. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about really dialing into that, the truth, what's important, and just living every day by those principles, not getting chased, and just not chasing the tail of this noise and busyness that we are in life today.
0: Well, there you have it.
1: (laughs) You asked for it.
0: Well, there you have it. Now, what I really heard in that was just freedom. You were free. It freed you. Because to be constrained and thinking that money and success has got something to do with who you really are, that's when you imprison yourself. So that moment for you, like I just had freedom, it must have just been like, wow, what a gift. Because to know that, to truly have insightfully seen that for yourself. Yeah, that's definitely a correction point there, right? Because I guess you started to build things differently from that point on.
1: Absolutely. You know, that was over a um, decade ago, right? That was the beginning. I actually had a lesson prior to that in the Marathon du which was a different lesson. And it's evolved from there. I kind of thought I'd had it at that point, but I still kind of screwed myself back into traps along the way and just getting too in my head and too wrapped up in thinking, which is why I love the Michael Singer work. It's a journey and we're always going to fall off the horse. We're always, It's ebb and flow. So just not biting yourself up, but ensuring... And that you're purposefully moving forward step by step and consciously moving forward step by step but it is it's freedom and it's freeing ourselves where is it we've trapped ourselves in our own minds right there's mm-hmm. freedom of our own constrictions because we are beautifully free the soul and the heart is beautifully free we've chosen and we've made up a pile of shit in our own minds that's trapped us and that's where true freedom lies freedom lies in the spirit
0: There's a quote that comes to mind as I was listening to you by someone called Jack Pransky. Let me just quickly see if I can find it, because it really speaks to this. Something like, we are the love pretending not to be or something. Oh, yeah, here we are. Um, All we are is peace, love, and wisdom, and the power to create the illusion that we're not.
1: Absolutely. And that's a life's work. We can... um, and I don't stand in front of you today saying, I've got a cracked on a journey. I'm on a path and I will always be. This stuff is deep. It's for every day and every moment. We're never going to get it always right, but we can always be, as long as we are. Get back on the evolving, horse, get back
0: on the map. And
1: just continually evolving. It's a beautiful path. It's a beautiful path.
0: So Derry, if someone wants to contact you based on this interview that we've just heard, how can they do that?
1: I'm a bit rubbish on the social channels these days. LinkedIn's probably the best way of getting hold of me these days, to be honest with you. Just Derry for and well Davis on LinkedIn. There is some Facebooky stuff there and the rest of it. I don't really do much on that. But uh, equally, if they know you, Marina, then you know sure. how to get a hold of me, so I'm sure you should reach out to Marina. Oh,
0: and one more thing I'd forgotten to ask is, what are you giving yourself permission to do more of these days, aside from sewing?
1: <laughs> sewing. Um, I give myself permission to do quite a lot. You know that. I guess... Um,
0: one new thing, apart from the sewing,
1: because we've already talked about that. Um, actually, I think it's pretty pretty yoga, because I'm already running and meditating and all the rest of it. And I used to kind of try to do Pilates once or twice a week, but now I'm actually back into yoga, more of the power chi yoga stuff. I've been doing it like four or five times a week. It's almost like a luxury treat on top of everything else, because I'm already kind of quite well balanced across the other areas. I'm just really enjoying it at the moment. And the kids are enjoying it with me. So Lovely. So yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Terry, thank you so much for coming on today. It was an absolute pleasure. And to everybody that was listening, until the next time, bye for now. And there you have it, another wonderful episode of The Joy of Being. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? And if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life and feel carefree, then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst Scorecard at www.marinopearson.com scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Marina Pearson or my Facebook group, The Joy of Being. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek.